Hi, this is Ariel, host of Park Wake Up Call, a podcast of parks and climate change. Walk by my side as I explore the parks of the D.C. region and beyond, as well as how climate change is affecting these age-old treasures. This week, my family decided to embark on a mostly spontaneous hiking trip to Shenandoah National Park in Virginia. I'm staying in the Bird's Nest Cabin. This cabin at 100 years old is the oldest cabin in Shenandoah National Park, which, by the way, was established in 1935. The Bird's Nest Cabin is named for Richard E. Bird, the father of the Virginia Senator Harry Bird, who honeymooned here. The name Bird's Nest Cabin still applies today, especially because there is an eastern Phoebe nesting in the eaves above my head. Can you hear the chicks peeping? I certainly can. Back home in the D.C. area, temperatures are rocketing up to an excessive heat watch. The heat index is 110 to 115 degrees, and it rarely gets this hot back home. On the other hand, it's a pleasant 83 degrees here in Shenandoah. Today we did the Cedar Run White Oak Canyon Circuit. The hike is about 8 miles long. The park calls it strenuous, but anyone in pretty good shape should definitely give it a shot. The waterfalls and swimming holes make it worth your while for sure. On the hike, we saw a plethora of butterflies, including tiger swallowtails, cabbage moths, a various comintas, and checkered spot butterflies. Beautiful wildlife aside, the main focal point of the hike is the eight swimming holes along the way. The falls that feed into these beautiful swimming holes range from 86 to 35 feet, and the swimming holes that are fed by the waterfalls are occasionally deep enough to jump into from the cliffs by their side, but mostly are just good for wading and cooling off after a steep hill. These waterfalls are refreshing and super fun, and I think this is what most people on the hike come for. But the viewpoints that overlook these stunning drop-offs and waterfalls are also absolutely amazing. The hike is somewhat crowded, so go early to avoid the heat and the hikers. Stay tuned for a real live ranger interview at Shenandoah National Park. Okay, what is your name? My name is Sophia Rezia. Okay, how long have you worked in the park? I've been here for just over two months. I'm an intern here. Okay. Uh, what's your favorite activity here? I really like to go hiking. We have a lot of different trails, so that's really special to me. Is there any important aspects of the park that you feel are overlooked by visitors? Um, sometimes I feel that our regulations on the wildlife are overlooked, um, whether it's respecting our driving laws in order to not hit wildlife or to not feed them. Um, I think it's really important that we keep our wildlife wild, and that means keeping a distance and certainly to not feed the wildlife. Okay, how do you think that climate change is affecting the park, and what could this lead to in the future? Well, uh, one of the activities I do as a ranger is I do a guided hike up to the Stony Man Mountain Peak. And we have lots of different trees here in the park, and certain species uh, are suffering from climate change, and you can see it. It's pretty evident. So not only will climate change affect our trees, but in turn that will affect the wildlife as well because everything is connected in the ecosystem. Do to help Shenandoah? Uh, we can be aware of all the rules and regulations and respect them. Um, certainly research them as time goes along if those rules need to change. And then certainly uh, respect those rules and 
further um, should we come in and pay the fees so. and tell people other people about the rules too because as rangers there's only so many of us and so it really helps when you okay. educate people as well um, not everybody knows that it's illegal to feed wildlife so if you see somebody trying to feed wildlife you can mention you can do that I am actually not sure exactly so how, how many, but I know we have over 500 miles of trails. Okay. Um, do you happen to know how much of that is part of the Appalachian Trail? Yes, the Appalachian Trail comes through the park about 100 miles. Thank you so much. I just wanted to ask you, what made you decide to become a park ranger? Um, I just graduated with my degree in geology, and I wanted to work um, something possibly possibly geology based but also with land conservation so when I was applying to a bunch of different positions of course I only got a few interviews because that's how it works after college and uh, I interviewed with the Appalachian Conservation Corps um, applied for the position on conservation work. and so when they interviewed me and told me that I could be leading ranger programs and things like that I got really excited it sounded like a lot of fun but I had also worked at a zoo all through high school where I had done similar type things not exactly what rangers do here in the park but I had been leading a lot of different activities and educating people so I think it's really important to be able to educate people um, but in a fun way not necessarily in the public school system. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. We also did the Rose River Falls and Dark Hollow Falls trails. These trails were absolutely awe-inspiring, and you will never forget them if you do them. I definitely recommend them if you're in moderately good shape and are capable of doing some steep parts in about 6.8 miles worth of amazing trails. These trails started at the Appalachian Trail from the Harry Bird Visitor Center. At this visitor center, there is a pretty cool station called a wayside station for visitors and Appalachian Trail hikers to donate and make use of necessities that they may not be using anymore, but other people may need. People donate things like canned food, first aid, and other supplies to help out. From the Appalachian Trail, we went on the Rose River Loop Trail. This contains some beautiful waterfalls and several deep swimming holes that we did use and cool off in. Most of this part of the hike was along the water, so as you're hiking, you can see these beautiful views of the water feeding into a little creek. From there, we went to the Dark Hollow Falls Trail, which featured a 70-foot high waterfall. Along the way, as we were on our way up from the Dark Hollow Falls Trail, we were in for a big surprise. There, sitting on a tree, was a small black bear cub. Fun fact, black bears can be white, blue-gray, and even orangish in color. If you see a black bear, don't panic. You can just make some noise or clap your hands or shout a little bit, and the bears are pretty skittish and will usually saunter away without bothering you. Although a recent phenomenon has been that humans who are leaving their trash outside have caused bears to learn to seek out food inside trash and seek out humans who have this food, which can cause more aggression. Anyway, this was an absolutely amazing trail, and it was one of my favorite trails that I've ever done in Shenandoah. 
Now I'm going to offer you an exclusive interview of two hikers who have been hiking this trail and frequenting this park for longer than I've been alive. Hello, what are your names? I'm Brenda. I'm Mark. I have a few questions for you about the park, if that's okay. Sure. Absolutely. When was the first time you guys hiked the White Oak Canyon Circuit? Well, we hiked it separately before we knew each other. I used to come here as a college student with some of my friends. I first came here the first year I started working here, around the uh, year 2000. Oh, you work in the park? I meant I worked in Virginia, and one weekend I came to the park to do this hike by myself. Soon after we met each other, we did this hike together. We really got to know each other, and I knew then that we had something in common. We both love the outdoors, and we both love to hike, and it was a great time. Does this park carry any special memories for you? It carries tons of special memories. I came here growing up as a child. In fact, when I was two years old, my family camped here, but we left in the middle of the night because bears came to the campground. So we packed everything up and drove all the way back home to Fairfax, Virginia, where we lived. That's fascinating. What about you, Mark? Well, like I said, I didn't come here until 2000. Uh, but uh, since then, uh, Brenda and I have hiked here several times, and so have you. In fact, the first time we brought you here, you were about seven months old, and it was the first time when I lifted you up and you gave me a big smile that I knew was truly genuine. And then later, when you were about 13 months old, we stayed here with you, and you took your first steps right outside of the Skyland Resort. I remember that. That was really cool. Moving on, what's your favorite thing about the park? My favorite thing is that it's a park that's open to the public for a very small fee and you can get away to a beautiful place not far from home with just in a couple of hours drive and really feel like there's something special here in our country and in our state of Virginia. It's very easily accessible for anyone of any ability and there's something for everyone here where it's just driving down Skyland Drive, Skyline Drive to enjoy the scenery or getting out and truly engaging with nature by hiking that we do. I totally agree. I also like how the park is designed. I just think that the architecture is excellent and that uh, even though this was built in the 1940s, it still really uh, looks very good today. It's convenient and there's a good variety of different hikes uh, for all levels of difficulty. In fact, a lot of the cabins here were built by the Civilian Conservation Corps, which, and these cabins are still standing, so that was part of I mean, the New Deal and employed a lot of people back then. Have you guys seen any changes in the park from when you first started coming? I think the trail markers have really improved. It used to be kind of difficult. You get lost almost every time you hiked here, which wasn't such a bad thing because all who wander are not lost. But we do appreciate having good signage nowadays. For example, today we did the hike in record time, partly because we knew where we were going. I think it's a bit more crowded than I remember, but perhaps it was just because it's this weekend. But uh, I think its popularity is uh, drawing more people. How do you guys think that climate change is affecting Shenandoah National Park? Well, I know that over the winter they had several severe weather events. As we know, climate change is not just about warming. It's also about unusual weather events. And this year, there is snow in the park and ice from mid-November until late winter and early spring. And they weren't able to open it up. And I know that the... Uh, the volunteer corps as well as the park staff worked tremendously hard to clear the trails and clear the roads so that people could start coming again. One nice thing about being up here in the park though is that we are somewhat uh, partially insulated from the massive heat waves that we sometimes get uh, down uh, toward northern Virginia just because of the elevation and that makes it even more desirable to come here in the summer.
Another thing we've noted is that there's no air conditioning in the cabins. They were built a long time ago when air conditioning was probably not even heard of and probably was not considered necessary. Do you guys think you'll keep coming back to this park? As long as we live. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I'll give you a brief history of this amazing and beautiful place, park. This park is a compilation of eight former counties in the area. The park absorbed 1,081 pieces of land that were previously owned by families. These families were displaced so that the park could be open to the public. The sacrifices of these families is what allowed the park to exist. But let's journey back to even before that. The oldest artifacts found from human inhabitants in the park have been dated back to about eight or 9,000 years ago. Native Americans would use the area for hunting, gathering materials for tools, and trading. Eventually, Europeans settled some parts of the land. Logging, mining, and homesteading took place. In the late 1800s, the idea of national parks came to be, as people were seeking recreation in the great outdoors. Three decades after that, the park was established. Thanks for listening to Park Wake Up Call with me, Ariel. Stay tuned for my next episode and please like and subscribe.